all these people come together not knowing one another. And by the end of the class, everyone's moving together simultaneously in the same direction, whether you're churning or walking horizontal or lateral, we're all moving in this effortless flow. And sometimes it's just breathtaking for me. I get goosebumps. And as the teacher, I get to witness all of it. And it's just a beautiful dance, unrehearsed, basic. Oh, it's very moving. Welcome to the Second Act Fit Pros podcast, the show where I highlight the vibrant and active lives of health and fitness professionals in their second act. I'm your host, Erin, a functional aging specialist, and I'm here to introduce you to a diverse range of professionals dedicated to empowering individuals to live well, thrive, and embrace their second act through movement and improved health. Join me as we explore the endless possibilities and opportunities in the health and fitness field. My guest for this episode is Karen McNeil. She's a yoga and tai chi instructor with a private practice based in the Naples, Florida area, where she shares the benefits of tai chi in nature with weekly sessions at the Naples Botanical Gardens. Karen has been studying, practicing, and teaching tai chi and qigong since 2000. She's had the opportunities to study with masters of tai chi and has traveled to China to continue with her studies. In my conversation with Karen, we talk about her journey to becoming a tai chi instructor delving into the joys she's encountered sharing these ancient disciplines of movement. We explore the pivotal role Tai Chi plays in fostering holistic health and well-being, as she shares some compelling research highlighting its remarkable benefits for those with Parkinson's disease. Here's my conversation with Karen McNeil. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hi, Erin. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Karen, you are my first Tai Chi person that I've had on the podcast, and I wanted you to talk about what you're doing with yoga and Tai Chi. Okay. Well, Erin, my journey with yoga began about 40 years ago and Tai Chi 23 years ago. And so I love to teach and that's my passion. And I just feel that while everyone is familiar with yoga and its mainstream, people are still not too sure about what Tai Chi is. And, you know, I hear quite often things like, oh, try tea. Well, tell me about Chai tea or, you know, things of that sort of response. So it's not really out there in the public conversation too much. So thank you for having me so we can talk and educate people what Tai Chi really is. Yeah. What are you doing in this space? You teach Tai Chi and yoga. Do you do it in a group format, one-on-one? How are you conducting these I classes? Do all of the above. I do private work as well as group work. I teach at the Botanical Gardens, which is wonderful. And yeah, it's it's great. It's So this has been like your full-time thing? It has for okay. uh, over 20 years. Yes. Wow. Okay. So you're very much like a solopreneur, right? I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about Tai Chi. I thought we would get into Tai Chi because I'm not super well versed on it. I've seen it. But how did you get involved with Tai Chi in the first place? Because it's not as mainstream as yoga. And right. tell me about your journey about getting introduced to it and what's it been like to teach it? Okay. Sure. So I had a yoga studio up in Michigan, and one day a gentleman came in my studio. I had 
probably six or seven teachers. And he came in and he approached me and he said, may I teach Tai Chi at your studio? And I said, well, I'm not too sure what Tai Chi is, except that it's a martial art. Will you please demonstrate for me? So he did. And I was hooked. Uh, it brought tears to my eyes because it was just so beautiful. It was such a meditation and motion. And it just looked so relaxing, yet powerful and strong. And I just got hooked. So I started studying with him every day. I really wanted to understand all aspects of Tai Chi. And so that led me to studying with three different sensei's teachers, as well as the opportunity of going to China and studying there. So it's really been a major threat in my life. Yeah. How do you feel like Tai Chi for you has contributed to your well-being? Yes. So, oh, it, for me, it's just, it's strength, flexibility, of course, balance, mind-body connection, proprioception. You really feel good after you experience a Tai Chi form. So Tai Chi is a martial art and it, it involves sequences of slow, gentle movements with deep, bright breathing and mind-body connection, which promotes the relaxation part, that meditation and motion. So it just allows you to really enter into the present moment. You can't think about the list of things that you're going to do, you know, after you're done practicing or what you didn't do before. You know, Tai Chi is a practice, by the way. So once you start thinking outside of your Tai Chi practice and being in the present moment, well, then you get confused and you, your Tai Chi shifts into, what am I doing? You know, so, yeah. So you really have to be in, in the present moment. And I think so much of our life is spent not being in the present moment. I think we're always thinking about the next thing, what we have to do, that list of things. I think that we're inundated and with technology, with being here, there, and everywhere. and you know, we just have to learn how to be in the present moment. And because we are human beings, right? We're not human doings. And I think we forget about that. And the beautiful thing about Tai Chi is that it should be practiced in nature. And nature, mm -hmm. I feel, is so healing. And one of my favorite philosophers is Lao Tzu. And he says, nature does not hurry. Yet everything is accomplished. And I try to remind myself of that every day. I love that quote. And it's interesting you say nature because you practice this in the botanical garden. Yeah. And that seems like that was a very intentional thing for you. Yeah. Yes, it was. And yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 I see kind of a common thread with yoga and Tai Chi and that there's this idea of being present and being fully in your body. How do you compare and contrast the two for people that aren't really familiar with either of these practices? Well, I feel that yoga is an individual practice that you go to a studio or whatever, you have your mat and you're getting instruction. Whereas Tai Chi offers such a wonderful sense of community. So before the class gets started, people are chatting and introducing themselves to one another. 
And it's fun. We call it, let's play Tai Chi. So that there's this lightness in class. And fortunately, the Botanical Gardens here in Naples offers a wonderful cafe. So after we're done, quite often a group go to the cafe and they're international. They're from all over the world. So friendships have been made. And I feel that's different than yoga. Yoga, you go in, you get your mat, you get into your own place, and then you leave. And, and it's very much a, a, a centering yourself. And yeah, so I think that's the major difference. Tai Chi is done standing. You never sit down doing Tai Chi, although you can practice Tai Chi sitting down and... You know, there's benches and things where I teach in the botanical gardens if people get tired or whatever, they can choose to sit down. I do work with people uh, that are wheelchair bound and they too feel a sense of energy moving through their body. So chi is your lifelong energy. So that's what Tai Chi is or Qigong. Qigong is an internal healing art form. And Tai Chi is a martial art form. So, but the keynote there is Qi, life energy. Interesting. I didn't realize that there was a social aspect. Is that something that is coached and taught when you go through the training? Well, not really. It just happens. It just, you know, people come in and they're standing around five minutes before class. And, you know, I will quite often... Um, invite people to take just a minute and say hi, introduce yourself to somebody new that you haven't met and share an experience, you know, of Tai Chi. So I, I, I do like people to, you know, have a friendly, fun environment to practice because Tai Chi can be intimidating. Some people, they don't know, well, you know what it is. They don't know much about proprioception. And so, therefore, it, it's just a good opportunity just to relax a little bit ahead of time and get to know the person that you're standing next to. It's amazing, mm -hmm. you know, all these people come together not knowing one another. And by the end of the class, everyone's moving together simultaneously in the same direction, whether you're churning or walking horizontal or lateral, we're all moving in this effortless flow. And I tell you, Erin, sometimes it's just breathtaking for me. I get goosebumps. And as the teacher, I get to witness all of it. And it's just a beautiful dance, unrehearsed, basically. So it's very moving. Oh, that is so neat. I would love to come to one of these classes which I plan to be in Naples <laughs> early yes. next year. And yes. I would love to come to a class. You know what sounds interesting to me is that the environment of being in the garden and having a cafe and then you yourself, Karen, is kind of fostering those connections. It's making it an environment that people feel like they want to engage with another. So I wonder how much that plays into having that social component for your classes. Yeah, so well, and it's interesting because, and I know you're a dog lover, so one of the mornings that we practice in the garden, it's walk your dog. So the dogs and the people come walking by and the dogs will sit there and they'll just sit down and they'll watch all of us. You know, I had a little girl, 
she was three years old. Her name was Aria. I'm in my class this week. And she was walking with her mom and dad. And all of a sudden, she just jumps in to a group of about 15 people. And she was just imitating. And we all were just taken aback by it. And just, oh, why can't we be like that? You know, where's our freedom? And so I think Tai Chi does allow you to explore those movements of childhood as well. And then when you have them walking right in your class and becoming part of it, it's the essence of Tai Chi. It's everyone's welcome. And I love that. There's, Uh, yeah, yeah. really love it. And the garden promotes that as well. And people will be walking by and stop and I'll just invite them in. Come on in and join the group. And some will, some won't. And sometimes I see them back in my class, you know, a couple weeks later. So it's really great advertising. Absolutely. Have you had to educate the public on Tai Chi? Because it hasn't been a mainstream as much as yoga. So you start offering Tai Chi. What kind of education did you have to do around that? Well, for me, I was, I just pretty much learned on the job, you know, as far as promotion. There's, I'm fortunate because I do have some doctors here in, in Naples that will suggest to their patients to call me up and, you know, explore Tai Chi just because there's such a fear of falling and Tai Chi creates confidence. It builds confidence. And it has proven to prevent Saul's Tai Chi. So that's the big thing that, that hooks people into Tai Chi. And it's usually their doctors that will say, you're dealing with a lot of anxiety and some depression. You need to just relax. So, you know, why don't you don't? go and try some Tai Chi and, you know, all different stories, people with injuries, because it's soft, it's gentle. At least that's the way we practice it. Um, yeah. That's amazing to get endorsement from doctors yes. and have them recommend it. That's huge. Yes, it is. It's really, I'm very fortunate to have that backup. Tell me about the kind of person that gets drawn to your class. Like, what is your demographic that you're serving or the people that you see that are are drawn to this? It's 35 to, I think my oldest is 92. So that's quite a range of people that show up for class. And I really love when grandparents bring their grandchildren here, you know, and yeah, because I'll just visit the garden. Oh, I've been doing Tai Chi. So I love it when, you know, we introduce to our children or our grandchildren Tai Chi. And so a lot of dancers, there's been quite a few dancers that have come into on my class. And I I find that pretty interesting. Well, it's interesting that you said it was kind of like a dance. It's like this choreography that everybody's doing together. It is. It is. And it's beautiful. It's just a a free flow. And, you know, and there's philosophy involved in, in, in Tai Chi, much like yoga, you know, teach yoga. I I don't preach anything, but it's just, you know, let's get this mind-body connection using the breath as the bridge between mind and body. And Tai Chi is very much the same way. So Mm -hmm. similar in that. You went from practicing Tai Chi, you got really into it and decided to become an instructor. Mm -hmm. What do you think people should consider if they're thinking about going from 
practicing to instructing. Yeah. You know, there's not, I've been trying to get some of my students to become teachers, to become instructors. And it's very interesting because a lot of them just say, you know, I just enjoy the practice of Tai Chi. I don't want to teach Tai Chi. And I think there just has to be within that person, a desire to teach anything, (laughs) you know, whether it's yoga or Tai Chi. Tai Chi certification is hard to come by because there isn't that much available. So I fortunately, you know, had teachers that certified me. So, you know, starting 20 years ago. And um, so I just felt that that was my passion. You know, I, as I said, I taught yoga for many more years prior to Tai Chi. And I I love teaching, you know, that's my heart. Yeah, it kind of sounded like you you got hooked on Tai Chi and knew that you wanted to come to go through that path of becoming an instructor. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. And did you go through trainings? It sounds like you said China. Did you go to China for your training? I did, I did. I went to China for training. I went to Australia for trainings. So one of my teachers is in Santa Fe. And yeah, so I had also an opportunity to explore other countries. And and that was nice too. China was really, it was life-changing in a way that you've got to experience it without the language. So here in the United States, we want to... We want to hear what we're supposed to be doing, right? Uh, I mean, some of us, what we can, we imitate. Some of us are readers and we can absorb that way, you know, different ways of experience and learning. And in China, I really got to feel what it was like to be in a community of Tai Chi people because you're not allowed to just go and join the group. You sit in the bench and you sit in the bench or, you know, you just stand there and then they'll let you know when you can join them. And not a word is spoken, not a word is spoken. So it's learning by observation. And again, I think that we lose a lot because we're thinking ahead. We're not really observing our surroundings. So in Tai Chi, it allows you to slow down and you know, there's some, for example, some lady was carrying casserole to church and she was in a hurry. What happened? She fell, mm-hmm. right? She wasn't paying attention to her surroundings mm-hmm. and we still live in that fast paced life. And so Tai Chi teaches you to slow down, to observe, to take in your surroundings. And, and I think it's so, so important. And that is one of the best benefits of Tai Chi. A lot of people were afraid to slow down. You know, it's like we're, we're on that fast track. What happens if I slow down? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do if I actually have to stop? Sometimes we'll do a meditation and just observe the egret standing there in complete stillness. Do you know how hard it is to stand in stillness? Try it sometime. Five minutes, your legs are shaking. You know, you feel the the muscles firing up. We're not used to standing in stillness. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that can be hard for people, speaking from experience, that are (laughs) movers. 
that like to move and like the rigorousness and like feeling like things are hard and feeling like you're getting through the hard thing. And now look at you, you did this hard thing. And so it's hard to slow down and find the benefits of it because I think we put so much benefits on rigorous exercise and getting your heart rate up and lifting heavy weights and yes to all of that. And there needs to be a balance. It absolutely. What people don't realize is that Tai Chi does promote cardio, right? So, and there's different levels of Tai Chi as, as well, you know, depending on how it's practiced. And there's many different styles of Tai Chi, just as many as there are many different styles of yoga. We have Bikram, we have Pasa, all different styles of yoga. Same with Tai Chi. There's five major styles of Tai Chi. And Yang being the most martial, we have Chen, we have Sun style, we have the Tao, and we have Wu style. And then within each style, there's all these forms. Some forms are just 24 movements. Some forms are 108. So it's really also working your mind with concentration, memorization. It taps into all of that as well. And then finding the right teacher. Some teachers want to spend weeks and weeks on just how to hold your hand a specific way. And I went to a couple of those classes and I didn't go back. (laughs) I wanted to get to the end. I too wanted to learn the form. And I thought, my goodness, I have to stand there holding my hand in a specific way. My chi is still flowing. My energy is still flowing. So I think that we need to check out different opportunities and teachers and find a teacher. I think that's really important that resonates with us, with ourselves, you know, so I think that's important. Yeah, most definitely. And I've seen this with yoga and I would imagine it would probably be the same with Tai Chi is that it is instructor dependent experience, right? I mean, you can have a half the yoga class with one instructor and it can feel like a completely different class with another instructor. Right. Right. Um, Which to me kind of goes to show that there's a lot of space for everybody to bring their own personality and their own take on it and and they'll drive their own, their participants based on their styles. Is there a particular kind of Tai Chi you think is more suitable for beginners or are they all suitable for people just starting? I feel that they are all suitable. Again, I think it's the teacher. A a good teacher will assess who's in the classroom and of course ask if there's any issues that they need to be aware of, you know, some physical issues or whatever. And I try and really enhance the class to all levels of the people, the individuals that show up for class. So I think the Soon style is probably the most gentle style. So I would explore that style for a beginner, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then do you get trained on each of those styles? You can go through a training for each of those styles or how does the training work? Right. So I've been trained in three styles. Then that's, you know, I kind of go to the Soon style because Tai Chi is a practice. You're never going to get it right. You're going to make it. I encourage people to make it their Tai Chi. And what that means is through 
repetition and movement, we create that muscle memory. And yes, we do have that dependency. Well, I can't do it when I go home. I need you, you know, I need, you know. And then eventually they keep showing up. We keep practicing and all of a sudden they come to class and they say, you know what, Karen, I did the form. I, did, I don't think I did it really good. I said, who cares? Well, I might've gotten it mixed up. Who cares? You did it, you know? And it's so nice to see the aha moments that just sort of ripples through the class at times. And it's really heartwarming because you don't yes. get it all at once. You, you just don't. And so it's a discovery. It's a yeah. personal discovery in so many ways. It allows you to actually be the witness and observe who you are in real life. And I think that's important. I think, how do we approach ourselves? You know, it's not what I can't do. It's what I can do. And right, you might not be able to do a 360 turn, but do it on your toes. Just, you know, maybe it won't be the Tai Chi looking turn, but create a turn for yourself. It's important to practice turning. 180 degrees, 90 degrees, we become so linear. And Tai Chi offers that opportunity to walk on angles, to know directions. There's, we're always turning in Tai Chi and being in Tai Chi. And there's modifications, just like in yoga or any other form of exercise. So it's very user-friendly. I think sometimes we get stuck within our own observation and judgment. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 So tell me about what do you love most about teaching Tai Chi? Oh, gosh. I think for me, it's, it's the witnessing of people enjoying exercise. And I think it's so important that we find fun in our fitness. And because they want to do it, they show up because they're having fun. You know, I know a lot of people... My peers that, oh, I've got to go lift my weights at the gym and it becomes this or that and the other thing. And it's more dutiful. You know, they do it because they know it's good for them. And But when you can experience some form of exercise and have fun with it, well, it keeps having you come back. So I like to have, I like to have fun personally and share it with the people in my class. And just everyone leaves feeling really positive and good. And I like to see that everyone comes feeling happy and joyful and looking forward to a connection. And then they leave the same way. And as I said prior, you know, they'll meet at the cafe from all over the world. Friendships have been made. And that's very joyful to me. I really find that a form of exercise can bring that sense of community together. Yes. I love that. I love bringing people together and having people bond over movement. And I, probably right. because that's my preferred way of, of meeting people. I don't want to sit in the bar and meet people. It just is not right. fun to me. But if it's right. a class, through walking, something like that, I it's such a great way to, I feel like you're enhancing your well-being on multiple fronts. You're moving, you're socializing. And if you're outside, you have nature. You're that's getting true. all those great components. That's right. And it offers a sense of community, you know, which is as we mature and a lot of people are moving down to Florida, leaving their friends. So it really offers an opportunity to meet new people. And I, I think that's important as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about if you've had any highlights or really memorable moments in your career of teaching. Mm -hmm. So I would say one of the most moving um, experiences that I've had was working with a woman on the simple getting up and down off the floor. And her goal was just so she could play with her grandchildren. She was more than heavy set. And it wasn't about anything, but just how do I understand the body mechanics? So we worked and we worked and, and she did it. And we both sat there and cried when she was on her own. You know, it took months to do, but she was dedicated and it was life-changing for her. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't about anything else, but learning body mechanics. And I've taught 90-year-old people how to get up and down off the floor because there is that fear of falling and what happens if there isn't a couch or something around. So, you know, I do a lot of private work. I incorporate Tai Chi, but I also have values from my yoga. And I I bring the two together. And the most important is how do you get up and down off the floor? I think that empowers people to know that they are able to get up and down off the floor. And the, the other instance was working with a gentleman who had a stroke and with Tai Chi and his hand was in a fist and we worked for months and he was able to then open his hand. And that to me was just a moment of the heartfelt moment that I'll never forget. So I'm I'm just so blessed to be able to um, share these experiences with people. And thank you for asking, you know, they're very near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that can be easy to lose sight of is when we are movers and moving in physical activity is such an ingrained part of our lifestyle um, to take notice that there's for other people, it's not that way. And they don't have the ability for a number of reasons. It could be a disease state. It could be neurological. It could be a number of things that limit their physical abilities and how much it adds quality to life if they can open their hands. And we don't think, we take it for granted when our bodies are able to do these things, get up and down the, off the floor. But noticing the people that don't have those abilities and helping them regain those abilities is hugely meaningful. And this brings me to Parkinson's. You have been doing Tai Chi for Parkinson's people. Tell me about that. Yeah, that's very rewarding. Um, and there's been studies done on and published by the Journal of Neurology, Neurosurgery, Surgery, and uh, Psychiatry. There has, has been like five year studies done to two groups, one that practiced Tai Chi and one that didn't over a five year uh, period. And so, you know, the disease progression was slower. The overall symptoms of Parkinson's, you know, movement, balance, falling, dizziness, back pain, it all decreased. Memory concentration improved in Tai Chi, working with this set group over five years. And, you know, the group that was doing Tai Chi, it retained long-term, they retained long-term benefits from their practice of Tai Chi. So, you know, Parkinson's is the fastest growing neurological condition in the world, the fastest growing. 
and they're discovering so many different types of Parkinsonian types Mm -hmm. of things. And I think, you know, what Michael J. Fox has done is courageous to bring it out. But there there needs to be, again, more education, I feel, about Parkinson's. But they've also, they've lowered the doses of the required drugs over time, those that practice Tai Chi. And in groups, you know, I have all different uh, abilities and you can practice Tai Chi in a wheelchair. You can feel your energy uh, or they can feel your energy, the teacher's energy, and you can see it move through their body as well. They're very connected and present. And so I just love working with the Parkinson population and feel it's a great privilege to, to be able to share Tai Chi with them. Did you have to go through specific training to work with people with Parkinson's disease or is this just a lot of your knowledge and you've had so much time teaching Tai Chi that you just know how to adapt it? Yes, yes. One of my first private clients when I moved to Naples had Parkinson's. And so I, I learned so much from him and working with him and he was brilliant. He was a doctor. And and so we just shared and he would share so many insights to what Parkinson's really is. And so he taught me more. I was the student on that. And as a student, maybe then I was able to become the teacher. But I always feel as though I'm a student whatever, whenever I'm teaching, because you know, you do learn from others. And and that's exciting for me. Yeah. 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 Everybody comes with their own unique health issues, challenges, abilities. And the more people you teach, the more you get to learn as an instructor. Yes. Yeah. 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 We learn so, a lot from our participants. Right. Um, tell me a little bit about where you are right now with your career. What's next for you? What do you think your future holds with this job? Well. I see that more and more people are hearing the word Tai Chi. So I receive calls on a regular basis from people who would like to do private or I encourage them to come out to the botanical gardens because it's such a great community. And people, oh, I I don't think so. I just need to have one-on-one because I might not do it right. And we get so stuck in that. But Tai Chi is just on the cusp, I feel, was more Harvard promoting Tai Chi, doctors, there's just a a big awareness. And it's just what yoga was maybe 25 years ago when it sort of took off and that was, everyone wanted to do yoga. You know, that was the buzzword. Mm -hmm. I think just kind of approaching that Tai Chi. So I plan on participating in Tai Chi, well, until the day that I I can't, which, you know, but people who are bedridden, they can still do the Tai Chi. You can do Tai Chi in your mind and still receive all the benefits as though you were physically doing it. So it's pretty, pretty cool. And I just want to share Tai Chi, my passion with others. And so I'll do it as long as I can. Yeah, that's so great. Such a rewarding job, teaching movement. I've always found to be really rewarding. Is there anything else that you want to mention about 
your career path in this field that we haven't already touched on? Oh, gosh. I just encourage people that, well, who might not know at this time of retirement, perhaps, to go and seek something else out. Seek out another hobby. Your job isn't always your identity, but you can also do things for people in their in in the community. And I think it's important that we kind of give back and we learn, we keep open-minded and approach life with a sense of curiosity. I, th- I think that that's really important and, yeah. and just go for it. And yeah, so it's never too late. And sometimes something completely on the other side of things is very rewarding. And so just explore and be curious. I think that's really important. Yeah. I love that. That's what I found a lot from a lot of people that I've interviewed. It's this idea of lifelong learning and curious and just always being on this mindset of you can always learn something new and being open to new things. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Karen, I'd love to direct people to your website if they're curious about what you're doing and seeing what you're up to. Is there anywhere else? I don't know. Are you on social media? Is- I'm not. I do have a website and I'm happy okay. to share that. Yeah. So All right. do you want to hear it right now? Yeah. It's sure. Today. You can say it and I'll put it in the show link. Show okay. Notes as well. Yeah. <clears throat> it's karenmcneil.net. Okay. Yeah. They can also oh. Google, you know, Tai Chi Yoga and the Healing Arts. That's who I am there. Thank you, Karen, so much for being willing to talk to me about this. I'm excited to have a Tai Chi person on here. (laughs) Oh, well, I am too, because the world needs to hear more about Tai Chi. And this is a great stepping stone. So I appreciate this opportunity to share my passion. If you're interested in becoming a fitness professional, the Functional Aging Institute is the go-to source for training mature clients by providing fitness professionals with the most current, up-to-date, and forward-thinking techniques and strategies. They offer certifications, videos, webinars, and on-site workshops. In the show description, there's a link to get 20% off the group exercise certification and functional aging specialist certification. If you're interested in exploring a second act career in health and fitness, sign up for the Second Act Fit Pros newsletter. I provide information on online events I host and opportunities to connect with current health and fitness professionals, as well as those who are aspiring to work in the field. A link to sign up for the newsletter can be found in the show description.